They didn't really do this very often, but that night she did this thing where like she asked the young people that got saved that night, I think it was like nine people that, you know, had accepted the Lord. Um, she put the mic to everybody to ask them, how did you feel after that? And so what was funny is that I was the last one, right? And so by the time she gets to me, she puts the mic and asks me like, how did you feel after that? And all I, all I could do was look at her and I was just sobbing in front of the entire like youth group, right? Like I was just sobbing, crying. Um, and she just looked at me. She said, the presence of God is all over you right now. The church prays. She prayed over me right then and there and said the words that marked my life. That is when I knew I'm home. That is when I knew this is exactly where I belong. And she just literally said, your broken heart is being healed right now. My name is Vilma Parria. I am currently 27 years old, soon to be 28. I am a wife. I've been married to the love of my life now for um, six, almost six years this year. Jonathan Parria, shout outs to him. And um, I was born in Nicaragua. I came at the age of nine and I have lived here in Maryland uh, in the Hyattsville area since. Well, could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and if you had any relationship with Jesus at all, or what, what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I grew up um, in a home of um, believers. Um, in uh, my family and I at the time, my mom was pretty much raised in the Catholic realm. And so we were believers, Catholic believers. Um, and I was heavily involved in ministry with my mother. I would say my mother is definitely, has always been sort of like a pillar of faith for me. Um, she was really devoted in her faith. Like, um, as a, I remember being a young kid and going into prisons with her and, you know, um, serving the community we lived in. And so I would say that as a child, I had, um, heavy influence in, you know, who Jesus is, what Jesus was, um, you know, in, in that point in my life and for my family, um, I would say my mother was definitely the, the, the most active believer or the active believer at the time. And then, I mean, I was a kid, so I would just follow her around. So I had understanding of who Jesus was. I had understanding of, you know, what he did on some level, because when you're a child, you don't necessarily understand the full depths of what Jesus has done for you. Um, so growing up, I would say from the moment, you know, obviously from birth all the way up to nine, that's what my life was. It was just, you know, being involved in ministry, being around my mom and having and having her serve and seeing her served in the community. Um, that was, I would say, one of the most vivid memories that I have of that time in my life. So tell us about the, the tra transition moment, right? Because uh, there was obviously a moment where it became more real to you. Um, could you just tell us about that moment when yeah. you encountered Jesus? Yeah. So at the age, of, so at the age of nine, I, my mother and I had to migrate to the United States. Our, my family had gone through a really hard and difficult moment where um, the only, pretty much the only way was just to come to the United States. And so, in coming, it was just literally me and my mom. So for the first time. My family, family nucleus, you know, like the the closeness of my family just was broken at that point. Like my 
Um, you know, my father had to stay behind, my sibling, my older siblings had to stay behind. And so at this point, it was just literally me and my mom coming to a place we'd never even known before, you know. And so um, we came to this country. And obviously, when you first come to this country, it's not necessarily all rainbows and flowers. It's actually really difficult. It's hard. You cry real tears. And so my mom literally would work day in, day out. Like we we, that's all, the only thing we did. I mean, I was home all the time. Like, I didn't go out. My mom was very afraid because, again, new waters. We didn't know what it was going to be like raising me here um, and just her. So, you know, like, I was home all the time. My mom would work all the time. So because of that, we didn't necessarily have, like, the involvement we had back at home. Like, it literally was a shock in many different ways, obviously. So we did find a church that we got planted in, um, but it was, it just, for me, obviously at that point we're talking about I'm 10 and I'm entering teenage years. For me, it just became sort of like a, um, like a tradition, something that I would just do, you know, like it, this, this is just what we do. We go to church on Sundays or even the idea of special moments, right? Like we just passed um, Easter, right? So going on Easter Sunday, like th- that's just what it became. And I knew it wasn't necessarily because um, there wasn't that desire for, say, for my mother to be completely involved, but it was just because time didn't allow it. And so, um, and then for me, at that point, I don't think I had the appreciation that I had as a kid. You know, at this point, like, um, as a teenager, I'm getting now involved in, um, you know, other things, and I'm not necessarily thinking so much of, like, my relationship with God. I think at that point, I didn't even understand what that was like. I understood rules. I understood um, the concept of, you know, going to church again and like listening to a sermon, but I didn't understand relationship. And so, um, you know, like time went on and um, I would say around like middle school years was when um, the absence of my father affected me in ways that I did not understand until I became saved and I became, you know, a daughter of the Lord and began a relationship with the Lord. I didn't really understand that his absence would affect me to the point where I would seek out attention and love in relationships. And so at that point, around the middle school age is when I started to get involved. Obviously, you're, you know, you're a little girl, you're blossoming, you're changing, little boys are paying attention to you, and I'm sort of, you know, going along with it. Again, I'm not really necessarily having much direction from a men figure personally, physically in my life. My relationship with my dad was like phone relationship. And so, um, I started to give my attention to to that, and um, from that moment, you know, there was like a shift, a sense of like, there was a sense from going from um, innocence into stepping into waters of, you know, dealing with sin and and things that given my heart out, you know, um, in ways that I shouldn't have, and that sort of opened doors to insecurity, uh, like sadness, depression, hurt, anger, a ton of different, you know, things that obviously didn't come from the Lord. And so that became a pattern for me. So like the concept of love, you know, and, and wanting to be loved and, and being in a relationship. And, and so in high school, um, I was in a relationship and it ended. And so from that moment, I found myself, um, not from that moment, but like that just added to the concept of the depression and the her and the, you know, lack of identity. I didn't understand. I wasn't extremely like insecure person. Um, I just, it was like a lot of negativity basically. And so um, at that point in high school, it was actually junior year of high school. Um, 
I was at a low moment in my life, like really the like the way that I can describe it is like being at the like the literally the bottom, like the bottom. The only thing I could really do at that point was like look up, right? Like I couldn't go any lower. And so um, the Lord, you know, reached me through a friend that invited me to um, actually it was a Bible study, and I had no idea this was this was this actually was the very first time that I was around like young adult or young teens, like young teens that were chasing after the Lord in Christianity. Like I actually you know, didn't, um, like I had never seen that before. So I went to the Bible study and I'm like, wow, what is this? Right? Like before raising their hands, they're singing, they're praising the Lord, they're, you know, uh, reading the word. And so it really caught my attention. And I think obviously there was that void, that, that need and desire to connect, um, with something bigger than myself. And so, um, from that moment, it just, I started going. And then I just remember going to a youth service and that night wrecked my life, like literally. I um, showed up to the service and I felt like the whole night it was like daggers were being thrown at my heart. But literally like from the worship to the word to um, the ministration aspect of it, I just remember by the end of it when they were like, who wants to, the youth pastor at the time, she like said, who wants to accept Jesus? And I just remember my hand went up, you know, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll go ahead and raise my hand. And um, when I did, um, you know, they, they had us pray the, the sinner's prayer, obviously, the repentance prayer, sorry. And um, I did it, and then they took us out, and then they brought us back in. And then um, they, they didn't really do this very often, but that night she did this thing where, like, she asked the young people that got saved that night. I think it was, like, nine people that, you know, had accepted the Lord. Um, she put the mic to everybody to ask them, how did you feel after that? And so... What was funny is that I was the last one, right? And so by the time she gets to me, she puts the mic and asks me, like, how did you feel after that? And all I, all I could do was look at her, and I was just sobbing in front of the entire, like, youth group, right? Like, I was just sobbing, crying. Um, and she just looked at me. She said, the presence of God is all over you right now. The church prays. She prayed over me right then and there and said the words that, marked my life. That is when I knew I'm home. That is when I knew this is exactly where I belong. And she just literally said, your broken heart is being healed right now. And I thought that was crazy because obviously this woman didn't know me. She didn't know what I was going through, but indeed my heart obviously was broken. So that's when I would say the shift happened for me. If you could describe what you felt in that moment, being in that room with all those uh, people loving on God, um, what did you feel physically, emotionally, if you could describe it? Yeah, um, in, on some level, it was overwhelming because you're in a good way, because you are seeing things that you've never seen before. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm seeing teens my age crying in the presence of God, praying out loud, things that I didn't do and I thought was weird, right? Like they're praising, they're dancing, they're raising their hands, like they're doing all kinds of things that I'm, I at the moment couldn't understand. Like I, I, I wanted it, like I saw it and I wanted to do, be that, but I didn't understand it. Like it was, you know, and, and I was processing like physically I felt, I mean, there was like a, a, a rush of, you know, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, to me, the Lord, he speaks to me in, in specific ways. I think he's very intentional. So like there's, I know, um, I think from that moment on, like I know 
what it feels like when I'm being embraced by God. So like I can't really explain it, but I felt that, right? Like physically, but emotionally I was wrecked. Like I, I mean, literally, like all I could really think to do was sob. Like I just wanted to cry and cry and cry. And um, and then seeing, you know, the atmosphere and the environment just like really made you feel, made me feel for say like, this is what I need, right? Like this, like the, the God that I have, I believe I've believed in since I was a child, you know, like is now becoming evident to me, is becoming real, is becoming tangible to me um, for the very first time. So. so now looking back, obviously, you know, going from being hurt from um, not having that relationship with your father to experiencing things through through high school, you know, living life and, um, you know, just, just living. Yeah. Then encountering the presence of God and then, you know, starting to follow him. What can you say um, now looking back that he has done in your life? He has done a lot in my life. Um, it's even, it's hard not to cry. Because only you know the level of brokenness that you have in your life. And also, you know, that <clears throat> sorry, extends even to my family, which is the most important thing to me. Um, I, um, um, sorry, it's just whenever I think of whatever God has done, it's, it, it even amazes me sometimes. Like sometimes I, um, get lost in thought and I'm like, wow, like this is my life, you know, um. I know that the way that I was going before, like, it wouldn't have been, you know, that is not what life would have been. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, but by the grace of the Lord, like, this is what life is. So what I can say is that um, the Lord not only restored me, but also, um, you know, and, and gave me the hope of having the life that I would dream of having, right? Um, I mentioned, obviously, that I'm married. So that was actually one of the really broken areas of my life. And when Jonathan came into my life, I didn't feel like I deserved him because of all the brokenness in that area. So it's really amazing to think, like, wow, like, I have a marriage that is impactful, that is meaningful, that is God-given, that has substance, that has hope, and, and it's because of God. So my marriage is certainly the redemption for my brokenness um, and the biggest aspect of hurt. So, like, I lacked my father figure in physically in my life, um, which hurt me a lot, but then God blessed me with a man who 
is very much a leader and loves him more than he loves me and more than he loves anything else in this world. So that is one of the biggest things for me. Um, the Lord also allowed me to have a beautiful encounter of restoration with my father, which is another thing that I believe cannot happen unless it is God and God in his hand in it. Um, as I said, when I, you know, in, in, you know, being restored by the Lord, there was a some point where I actually had a conversation with my mother and I told her that I felt that I knew and that I realized, you know, as a woman, as a believer that, um, you know, my father not being present in my life physically hurt me, you know, and that it made me sort of seek out love unconsciously elsewhere to fill the void that I had in my life. So I didn't necessarily feel comfortable telling him that, but my mom, you know, would talk to him a lot. So she would tell him pretty much everything about me per se. Cause when him and I spoke on the phone, we would just laugh. He was a jokester. So we would laugh and like, I knew he loved me and I loved him, but it, I didn't feel comfortable like sharing, sharing certain things with him. Right. So my mother would do that. She, and so she shared this and one day he called me and we had a really, uh, um, conversation that I believe gave me freedom, um, granted me freedom um, in big ways, like almost like releasing, you know, like that aspect of my life and, and giving me peace. Um, he called me and just literally said, hey, like I spoke to your mom and, you know, she shared that you've shared that you feel like you haven't had, you know, your father figure in your life. And, um, you know, I'm really sorry about that. And he apologized. He told me how much he loved me. And he told me, you do have a father. So again, from there on, like, we cried together. We um, laughed. And my relationship with him was restored. Um, and then um, followed to that, obviously, um, my father actually went to be with the Lord seven years ago. Um, but before going, that was another thing the Lord gave me the ability to do was to um, do repentance prayer with him. Um, he was actually very sick because he dealt with diabetes. He was in the hospital. We prayed the prayer. He got better, went home. Um, and then two weeks later, um, he passed. But even that point in my life was just very like, man, Lord, like you pay attention to every detail of my life. Like, um, as he does with all his children, I believe, because um, at that point, um, I was having a conversation with my mother-in-law. This was when he was actually sick. And she had asked me if my, my dad, if I had led my dad into repentance. And I said, I said, no. And she said, why not? And so initially, like, I didn't know how to answer that. But then I was honest with her and myself. I was like, because I feel like if I do it, he's going to go. And she said, well, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but you need to do it now. And I didn't take that lightly. So I called him. We did the prayer, as I said, like, he got better and then he went. So even through that, like, I know mourning isn't an easy thing. But what granted me a lot more peace in my mourning was knowing where my dad is. Because of, you know, 
the, the leading of the Lord because of his grace and his love towards me, extending that opportunity to my father and me and my family. But also um, obedience, you know, like being obedient to what the Lord was asking of me, even though I knew that it was a challenge because I didn't want to do it. Um, so literally, like I've experienced the Lord um, move in great ways. Like, um, you know, he made of this insecure little girl a confident woman who stands and knows who she is 100%. Um, I've, you know, the greatest honor of my life is to serve people, is to love people. Um, obviously, like I, I lean towards women a lot. And so like the idea of serving and empowering women, um, letting them know that because like a lot of us, I think have dealt with the daddy issues. Like I think that's one of the biggest things like as women we face. And so um, empowering them to believe, hey, like I have a similar story than yours. You know, the Lord redeemed me. You know, the Lord gave me a new life and allowed me to restore relationships that were broken. He allowed me to um, hear, you know, like, forgive me and I forgive you, you know, type thing in my relationships. And so, and then also, like, the, the most beautiful thing that I'm living in now is, like, that my family, like, at the time when I got saved, I was the only active active believer. As I said, all my family members had foundation. They had, they believed in God, but they weren't active believers. They weren't, you know, seeking out like church. They weren't really active in their faith. Right. And so after getting saved and after experiencing like that moment with my dad, that moment was actually like a pivotal point um, that started turning things. And so from that moment on, like um, my family just started to get more involved. My mother, first my mother, um, you know, in Christianity, um, then, you know, my my brother and sister. So now, like, I can honestly tell you that all of my my immediate family, so my siblings, my mother, they're all saved. They're all walking with the Lord. They're all literally putting, you know, serving God, loving God, and making Him priority in their lives, um, which is, I can't ask more of life. Like, literally. Like, I'm living my dream. And it's not because of these amazing, crazy things the world has to offer. It's simply because there's restoration, there's peace um, in my family, and they're all literally living out and walking out their faith and their love for the Lord. So...